the deal, man. Politic in the podcast, man. We back again here at Rigor Mortar Studios in downtown San Bernardino. We got all your studio needs, man. Podcast, recording studio, green screen, photography, whatever you need, man. We finna politic right now. We got Psycho Sloth coming through, man. Introduce yourself. I go by Psycho Sloth, the Manic Maniac, the Lucid Lunatic. I'm from Pomona. We in here. What's good? Politic. What's the deal, man? So, so the Psycho Sloth. Where does the name come from? Uh, my homies kind of started calling me Sloth because. You know, we'd be smoking heavy back in the day okay. and shit. And yeah. like, you know, just I'd be taking my time with a lot of things. <laughs> be like you're slothing right now. I'm like you know, it's kind of me. Um, so I just kind of went with that, and I'm into like metal and like horror and that type of shit. So like, Psycho, kind of like I threw that on there because it's like also me, and it's just like I wanted the name to be. To, to really like represent who I was and I just believe you should take a lot of time to make decisions important decisions and like so like it goes hand in hand with sloth the sloth way so who won the race the tortoise or the hare tortoise always exactly always so people don't you know, understand the, the moral behind that story exactly so exactly the metal art I know that you're a rapper yeah. I just heard your single, what was that, uh, what was the single, Freaky? Freakiest Flexor. Yes, Freakiest Sir. Flexor. I was just knocking out earlier, so that's Appreciate more like, it's, it's more like a, like a trap vibe to me. Yeah, for sure. So, you say that you're into like the heavy metal and that, that type yeah. of background, so it's like, um, how did, how did you get into rapping if you're, if you're into heavy metal? Um, I mean, I was kind of into both. Like, I grew up listening to, like, one of the first bands I discovered was System of a Down. Uh-huh. And, like, they're, like, my all-time favorite. So, kind of, like, listened to music in that area. Like, Corn, Slipknot, and, like, that type of stuff. Uh-huh. But I also, like, was listening to, like, mixtape Wheezy Heavy and, like, like, all those artists at the time inspired me, too. Like, Weezy inspired the style and stuff, and, like, the metal inspired, like, the the cadence and, like, the, the aggressive delivery, basically. Like, I feel like it's kind of, like, in Freakish Flexor, you could see that, like, some of the, the bars are, like, kind of growly, like, kind of aggressive. So, like, that's where that comes from. I think, like, both sides influence me a lot, like, artistically. So they both have a role. So freakiest flexor is that typically like your sound, or is this just the sound for the single? Um, I mean, I don't like to. Uh, it's hard for me to describe my sound because I like like delve out into different subgenres and styles. Like I have some boom bap tracks that I'm working on. I have some like real like horrorcore stuff like Freakiest Flexor and Baphomet, which I dropped a couple years ago. Um, and then, like, I also have, like, some singing, auto-tune, like, melodic music as well, so I, I, I kind of branch out, so I don't know. Like, I mean, yes, it is definitely my style. Like, I consider that, like, one of my most me songs, Freakiest Flexor, so to answer your question, yes, but, like, a lot of different 
Uh, styles are also my style. Just talking about style, I'm looking at the way you dress, man. <laughs> Jewelry, you know what I'm saying? Got the glasses yeah. popping, got the earrings, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What inspired the style? Um, a lot. Uh, like, metalheads always wear, like, silver and silver rings and, like, stuff like that. So that's kind of what inspired this, as well as, like, rappers, because they always blinged out. Like, I saw the videos that... Weezy was dropping back in the day, and like I got some vapes, you know, like mm -hmm. it's it's inspired by like the current um, fashion and culture mm -hmm. at the time, pretty much, and also like the LGBT community also inspires the style a bit as well. To um, so go into that, so what do you mean by that? Um, I just feel like my style is kind of like it can be feminine and masculine like it's the way that inspired me is that I don't really see any clothes as having a gender like I don't believe like like I can wear any type of clothing and I don't believe it's only for women or only for men I believe that anybody can rock it yeah, if you believe in your style and your sauce because I remember <laughs> at the uh, at the soul sesh and you had a flower in you yeah you know? I'll sit with a flower I don't, yeah bro that's that's, that's, that's a signature thing, the flower with the earring? Uh, no, nah, always the flower, just like, I kind of like switch it up, try to, you know. I'm real expressive in my music and like the way I dress all the time, so it just allows me to, you know, show the world who I am so you, in a different you, way. I, I love the confidence, man, because a lot of people are conforming nowadays to try to fit in or to try to portray a certain image. Instead of yeah. staying true to themselves, you know. Sure. So I, I love when I meet people and they know exactly who they are and who they want to be, you know, and stick to that. Thank you know, you, yeah. that's a rare thing that you run into these days. Yeah. So, sure. After Freakiest Flexer, what's coming up next? Are you just gonna mm. ride that train? Mm. Uh, you got any projects uh, coming up? I mean, I got a list of songs that are ready to drop. I just, I just gotta make sure they're sent off the right way, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I do got a couple projects I'm working on. There's this producer, Hella Sketchy, that I uh, made a, like a small EP with. Um, then I also, my homie Norman produced an entire project for me. I got like more than a dozen songs with him. So that's going to be called Dark Epiphanies. That's probably the next project. Don't quote me. But okay. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you still um, in the booth cooking so, up right now, huh? Yeah, just whenever I can, I'm like always writing creating something oh we got some, we got a bunch of artists we got some in-house producers man man we gonna have to collaborate on something yeah get something out. let's get you it. on the beat or two i was willing to create man that's what it's all about awesome awesome so seeing you perform at the soul sesh when is your next performance actually it's tonight <laughs> or um performing at this show called nightmare on soul street the homie uh Namaste Souls, Trippy Bone, he, he's throwing a show and uh, he got me on there, so it's going to be fun. It's a costume party. It is uh, Halloween. It's going to be very lit, yeah. Then I'm performing on Halloween night in Pomona at uh, the Alley Gallery, and that's going to be a dope event as well, so also costume friendly. So, yeah, we're just doing it the spooky style for these next few weeks. So if people want you to perform, how do they contact you? Do they just jump in your um, DMs, or do you got some type of... By all means. Um, 
Nah, I do it all myself, but I mean, I have an email for that. Should be on my Instagram bio, like one of those buttons. Or you can like DM me as well. I, I'm real open. I'm just trying to, you know, expand, perform different cities, you know, make new connections. So, yeah, I'm so, all for it. So are you, I see that. you mentioned Pomona a few times. Are you IE based or are you yeah, based? Yeah, I've been Pomona my, my whole life basically. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I that's like a conversation that a lot of people have it's like uh is pomona technically ie i mean like i i kind of feel like it is it, like, i feel like it is too i feel like that's that's the <laughs> the line right there like you know? i don't think of like la people when i say ie obviously but i like i think of pomona people as more ie than la mm -hmm. i mean but yeah like all the IE homies out so here. Are majority cool. of the the Inland Empire parties and clubs are located in Pomona, so yeah. even if you consider it LA, if you're out in Pomona, you're running into a majority of Inland Empire people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Sure. So it's, so, it's just to a me, it's IE. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, so it's a lot of talent brewing out here in the IE, man. And oh it's, yeah. Especially like the life that's coming into downtown San Bernardino and the surrounding areas. It's like in the next five years, man, we're gonna have we're gonna be just as booming as a downtown LA will be, you know what I'm saying? And that's the goal. Yeah. Is to, to bring sure. life into the Inland Empire because it's a lot of talent and a lot of people that are movers and shakers that people don't know about and that's why I have this podcast yeah. to bring in people like you. To, to show the world, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? The Inland Empire got movers and shakers, too. And Absolutely. we out here doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, agreed. I was just bumping Cam Gnarly on the way here. No, <laughs> I actually met him at, uh, it was Orange County at the Orange, uh, what is that? The, I can't think of the venue. <sighs> Something Mike's original Mike's. No, it's uh, the observatory. Observatory. Oh, okay. I went there to see currency. Yeah. And I met he, Noah he James and, Noah and I met Gnarly yeah. there, and he so, killed it. And I was like, man, who yeah. is this guy? And then the seeing them after stage, you know, shit. Shout out Noah and Cam. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> chopped it up. I chopped it up with Noah too. You know, I got to get them both on the podcast for sure. I forgot all about Gnarly. I met him that day at the currency. He, he was yeah. like, he was one of the openers. Noah James too, yeah. and, and Noah James killed the stage. And oh, for yeah. a big guy too, his stage presence Ooh. was killer, man. <laughs> and I was like, who is this? You know, my my boy M16, he's an IE rapper, man. So he's real close with uh, Noah James. He was telling me a story about how him and Noah James freestyle battled, man. And it was just oh, yeah. a, a real interesting story, man. Where oh. <laughs> they they kind of met each other and was like, hey, man, I'm the hottest nigga. And he was like, nah. I'm hotter than you, you know? <laughs> and it just That's ended tough. up being like a whole battle where they met each other. That's you good, know what I'm saying? We need to bring some type of like music festival or indie fest out here where we can showcase all yeah. this Inland Empire talent. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Definitely. For sure. So, what besides music? What are like your hobbies? Mm, I like to play sports here and there, basketball and soccer. Not seriously, just in a fucking So are, are you in tune with the new NBA? 
Have you watched well, the I, I watch opening day. Uh, oh, the Lakers. Clippers. So you're a Lakers fan? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, uh, I like. I've been a LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron fan. So I kind of yeah. got to support wherever he goes. I'm a LeBron fan. I'm, I'm a Laker hater. So mm. I got to hate How LeBron because you know, like, I'm a Clipper fan. Oh, I've been shit. a Clipper fan oh, for no. probably the last eight years now. Oh, no. So now that we finally got a team <laughs> together, man, I was a big Chris Paul fan. So when he got okay. traded over here, I came with, with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Okay. You know, that was my squad, Lob City. Live City was them days, man, where I thought we had a real chance at winning the championship, but it never happened. Mm -hmm. And then when they got rid of Chris Paul and then they got rid of Blake Griffin, I was like, man, what are they doing? But now it all yeah. makes sense because oh, yeah. Kawhi is that man. And we haven't even seen Paul George return yet. Exactly. So it's going to be real dangerous this year. Yeah. That was a tough game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I seen good in the Also, I'm seeing the Rockets, man. Russell Westbrook and uh, James Harden, you know, they both L.A., you know, California dudes, man. So I'm loving that all these California parents with, with uh, Paul George and Kawhi and the, with the Clippers mm -hmm. and Russell Westbrook and James Harden with the Rockets, you know, those are my two picks, yeah. you know, okay. preferably. Okay. So you grew up more of a, a Laker fan? Or uh, no, I see, fan? I mean... I'm I just, I I was a fan of a, a team in baseball and basketball, but I just like to see good basketball when it mm -hmm. comes down to it. Like I'm not like out here booming other teams. And stuff, <laughs> you know, like, I don't think it, to me it wasn't that serious. But I mean, I liked LeBron when he started. I know I liked the Cavs and the Heat. Like D Wade was like my first favorite player, mm -hmm. so I always liked the Heat. And then LeBron joined them, and I was like, "Damn, like, yeah, that was <laughs> that was a crazy pairing, man." So, like, yeah. D Wade and LeBron, I don't think that LeBron will have that chemistry with anybody else like he did with mm. with D Wade, man. It took some years to build, so yeah, we'll see. After the first game, I, he's trying to approach the scenario the same way he did with D Wade, where he deferred for the majority of the first year. You know, let D Wade get comfortable, and then he came and started to like take over. Yeah. And I see him trying to do that same thing with Anthony Davis, try to make Anthony Davis like yeah. the the man. And then once Anthony Davis gets settled in, then he can you know become the LeBron that we know. Yeah, I, I'm not worried as like a fan because they need time to uh, get gain that chemistry as well, and they need time to work together. So. It's just one game. So do you still <laughs> think that he's the best player in the world? LeBron? LeBron. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm a LeBron fan. I still think that he is better than Jordan. He's the greatest player yeah. ever. To me. I, you, you know, but, not right now. But right now, Kawhi has announced himself as the uh, best player okay. in the world. Everybody's we'll talking see. about uh, <laughs> Giannis being the best player. But Kawhi won multiple championships yeah. on the East and the West Coast. Giannis hasn't made it even to a championship yet. So mm. we can't put him on that pedestal and put him over a LeBron or a Kawhi when they both have rings and Giannis doesn't. So I don't understand 
Just off of that basis, I have to say that Kawhi, mm. right now, is mean, proving that's that valid. He's, <laughs> he's the best player in the world, man. No matter that. And he's from the Inland Empire, from Reno Valley, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the best player in the world yeah. is from the IE. Y'all sleep, you know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't even know. So when he was in San Antonio, it was kind of, uh, he was flying under the radar. People didn't yeah. really see him as who he is. But when, when San Antonio beat the Heat and he locked up LeBron like that, man, that's when I really seen Kawhi as like his coming out party. Yep, only one that could do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, politics, you pay any any attention to that? Uh, yeah, it's it's scattered throughout my music, like like messages. So, so, so how do you feel about that. Trump? Because everybody calls him a racist bigot. I mean, and, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of a, a... I think that he's arrogant and cocky. I think that when you talk about racism, everybody's pro their own race first. It's kind of crazy. As a black man, I'm for black people first. Everybody else secondary. So kind of. So does that make him racist because he's for white people first and foremost? He's a white man. You know I, what else would you expect? So everybody's calling him racist and a bigot and. If you if we look at us in our own communities, we're just as bad. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of a thin line. Like, why do why is it so much hate for Trump? Like, mm. I I don't understand it. I mean, he basically did it to himself. He did a lot of a lot of shit. Like, made comments about certain races. You know, calling Mexicans rapists and all that. Um, and like I think racism is more than like words and like slurs I think it's Mm -hmm. systemic and it has to do with who's in control of everything Mm -hmm. who's in control of the resources who's in control of most of the wealth and um, I I think uh, it's just if the KKK endorses you then you're probably a bigot (laughs) I mean let's be real (laughs) They don't just endorse anybody. But I, I think he's just a face of something that's been here all along. I think America's always been systemically racist um, from the jump, and I don't. It doesn't begin or stop at him. He's just like the clown that happens to be the face of it right now. But I think behind the scenes, all the laws, all the everything's just made built to control power and keep the power. In the wealthy white families that basically control everything, mm-hmm. oil, you know, money, transportation, currency, money, banking, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that rabbit hole runs very deep, and Trump is like pretty clueless <laughs> on most political things. I mean, but he knows how to make money. I mean, I mean, well, I, I'm just looking at it from my own life. The first president that I can recall is Clinton and we were broke with him then Bush Jr. Well, you know we had the recession then Obama he tripled the deficit and now we have Trump and unemployment's up the money's up and we're getting we're starting to be in the green so just from my own perspective as far as the money all our presidents throughout my life have basically fucked up the money 
and then and regardless of what he's doing, he he's actually controlling the money in a, in a proper manner. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with Trump. I don't think he has any clue what he's doing, honestly. But on terms of that, I mean, there we're the richest country, but we have the greatest uh, wealth disparity. We have the biggest social gaps between the rich and poverty. There, there are like so many people under the poverty line right now, despite the fact that we're one of the richest countries, and they always use that like, oh, the U.S. is doing great. Look at how much revenue and capital it has. But when you have like so many people still struggling in that country, so many, so much homelessness, so many people uh, struggling to get food and basic necessities, then like I don't think it matters how the U.S. is doing it. It matters how the citizens specifically are doing. And if all the wealth is funneled to the wealthy, then they're going to keep hoarding it and the gap's going to get bigger and bigger and soon it's just going to be super rich and poor. Like, that's it. There's going to be no middle class or no nothing like that. So it, it really depends on if the people under the poverty line or near it are getting that money. Then That's how I view, like, progress. Less homelessness. Uh, less people struggling to pay their bills, their debt, less people struggling to get an education if they want to. Like, that's what it really comes down to. That's what helps people survive, and that's what people need to do. So like, I don't really care if Trump's bringing in money for all his rich friends. Like, That's just making it worse, in my opinion. Well, I don't know. I mean, I kind of don't know where the money's going, really. I kind of <laughs> get what you're saying, but at the same time, Obama... Gave out bailouts to all the big uh, Fortune 500 companies, and that was the first move he did his first term. Yeah, so I mean, it's like I mean, I every candidate is padding everybody's pockets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, so I don't think that it's any different with Trump, but you can't sit there and point the finger at him because everybody that has been in that chair in that position have put money in the rich pocket and not the poor. So will yeah, we ever get a candidate that's going to actually be for the people? Because Bernie Sanders, I mean, he talks a lot of like socialism, maybe <laughs> socialist type of programs. But socialism in a capitalistic system is kind of like impossible. I mean, yeah, I just, it's, it's all about like capitalism. No president has ever really been able to do what they want to do. It's up to like the people that own everything, like mm -hmm. the oligarchs, the, the super rich, the elite, mm -hmm. if you will, it's, they control like the presidency, it don't matter who sits there, <laughs> like, I mean, there certain policies, like, yeah, one president will lean one way, the other president will lean another, but like, in terms of like, that major type of like, banking related stuff, economy stuff. Like, it's always going to go their way because they're, like, in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. Well, at the beginning of our government, we were... America is a republic. So, technically, we're all Republicans because our system is a republic. If you're in a communism, you're, you're a communist no matter what party you claim. That's the system that you're in. Therefore, I mean, you... So the Democrats broke away from 
the Republicans because they wanted the same things, but they wanted to go about them differently. So, essentially, the government, no matter whether you're red or blue, they're all fighting for the same things, man, and it's not the people. You know what I'm saying? They don't really care about us. They care about controlling us, and they want to control us in different ways. You know what I'm saying? And that's basically the whole system of politics. So, how do you feel about Hong Kong, China, how they're they're over there protesting for democracy? Um, I mean, I think everybody has the right to protest, and when you make people mad enough, of course they're going to flood the streets. And I think we should do the same, honestly. Uh, there's so many instances of that. There's millions of people around the world doing that right now in different countries. Um, and there's no reason we can't do the same, which just takes some organizing. But, I mean, I, I but, support them, for but, sure. But is a revolution really the answer? Because if you look through his, throughout history, every coup has been replaced by another corrupt leader, and then a coup has to occur for them. So you have a revolution that gets rid of a system that puts in another system, and then you have another revolution to get rid of that. And everybody, how many revolutions are you going to have before you find the answer? I don't know, but all I know is, like, people now are suffering worldwide because of capitalism. So, like, I think it should be destroyed. <laughs> Bottom line, just, well, I think oh. that's the root of all of this. And, like, it's, like, tangled in white supremacy. So, I think that's the beast that needs to be killed. <laughs> capitalism itself. Yeah. Supply and demand. So a lot of people, technically, monopolies are illegal, but conglomerates are not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're telling me that it's a certain way to do a monopoly? That's still a monopoly, you know what I'm saying? It's so like, yeah. it's kind of like, man, it's kind of like they're pulling wool over everybody's eyes. But yeah. wool is see-through, so you see straight through their bullshit, you know what I'm saying? And... That's why they keep you so distracted with so much entertainment. And this is why entertainers are getting paid more than ever. This is why athletes are getting paid more than ever. Mm. And it's because they need to keep you distracted more than yeah. ever. Because if you paid attention to the politics, you would be like, hold on, wait, this is some bullshit. Yeah, they don't want us to talk about <laughs> no, this. They don't want us to think about this. And then, one thing I noticed about politics is they never talk about money. Even they have, though that's what it's all. About. They have a 24-hour. <laughs> they have so MSNBC, CNN, they, Fox News. They got 30 channels that run news on politics 24 hours a day, and not one time on any of those channels that they talk about the money and where it's going. So you know what I'm saying? I think that all this, everything is just a distraction from what they're doing with our money. They're taking our dollars, man. And they're doing whatever they want with it. Yeah. Sure. So, so are you voting 2020? Mm, yeah, just to, just so Trump don't win. <laughs> but we're in a blue state. So, technically, a Republican hasn't won California in mm. like 50 years. So, so with the whole electoral college, I think that in California especially, because that's where we are, we're a blue state, we're going to vote blue. 
So we don't, we're not voting for Trump, and that's reality. But we we do need to start paying attention to these bills yeah. that are being passed because go. that's where our money is spent. They they have to put it into a bill and get us to vote for it for us yeah. to spend their money that way. That's what affects us and like our local economies mm -hmm. and stuff. So yeah, the, the smaller ones on the ballot, you gotta pay attention to those too. That's like what it's more about. And, and, and I know that Californians aren't paying attention to the bills because grocery bags. We gotta pay ten cents a bag. That was a bill. Who voted for that? Um, <laughs> and you go to a restaurant, they're not allowed to give you a straw unless you ask specifically for one. And then a lot of places have like these paper straws, and they make your drink taste terrible. Like you, you don't even want to drink out of it because it's paper. It's like the more you drink out of it, the more it softens and corrodes, and you can taste it when you drink out of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, is California that polluted that we got to use recyclable materials for straws? I think we should have been using so many more <laughs> than just straws. There's like heaps of oceans of trash in our oceans. I like, know. It's crazy. Uh, uh, but I mean, that's like the tip of the iceberg. The real polluters are like the huge corporations that are dumping massive amounts of like waste and trash into our oceans, but they, they make it seem like, oh, we're the ones doing it by throwing away a straw. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but the, there's no accountability for these corporations because they're the ones that control the passing of the laws so they're never going to be held accountable so they, they need a scapegoat for that so like I do think that's just the tip of the iceberg for talking about pollution mm -hmm. I think more of it has to do with these, these man, corporations uh, we, we went to Catalina Island man and the water was clear as day and it mm -hmm. was only an hour boat ride yeah. and then you drive back and the water turned like like a greenish tint and it's like, it just, it, it puts in perspective how polluted the water is on our shorelines versus the rest of the ocean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's crazy how much they dump pollution, but what, what other option, you can't burn it because of the ozone layer, so yeah. I, what do we do? Like, <laughs> I don't know, recycling yeah. is, is one thing. CRV, they're charging you whether you recycle or not. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, man, it's, it's a tricky game, man, especially like in big cities like LA, like New York, you know, where the pollution levels are crazy. Uh, right. uh, if you go to LA, man, like LA is like, LA is not a real pleasant place, man. As far as the aesthetics, as far as looking at it, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of things to do, but as far as like the pollution, and the smell, right there, yeah. and, and, and the look of things, like we went to the downtown fashion district, man, and just on the way we drove by like a hundred bums. I didn't even know that that was Skid Row, like downtown LA is becoming Skid Row, like it's crazy, like. I don't know, man. It, it's it's a funny thing, man. It's like, where do we go from here, man? Because you touched on the homeless population in America. And to me, it seemed like it's only rising more. 
but they're telling us the reason why is it's overpopulated and we got too many Mexicans coming into America. Yes, and and when you drive by, like we were driving to Vegas and we just looked at the the whole Sierra Desert, and it's it's plenty of like rural areas that are uninhabited. So how are they saying that we're overpopulated and we're running out of space in America? You know, it's kind of like, are we running out of the space that you would like to develop, mm-hmm. or are we running out of space, period? You know what I'm saying? Like, the people in charge try to sell you a certain rhetoric that's yeah. not true. Yeah. Um, you gotta look past just the news, because they're just telling you what they're told to tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's plenty of land and housing to house everybody, including all the homeless people in America already. There already is. But um, that's not going to happen because the people in charge, it's not beneficial to their wallet. So uh, I don't think they would ever allow for that to happen unless, like, legislation was passed, um, like, kind of forcing their hand or something. But it's going to be hard, really hard to accomplish. So yeah, I don't know if that's possible, but... It would be nice. <laughs> so, so they're trying to uh, impeach Trump. How do you feel about that? Would you have you, have you signed the articles? No, it, I I think Trump's. I don't pay much attention to Trump, honestly, uh, these days. Because there's every other day is just a new scandal. It's like a big media magnet, and it's just like a bunch of random information that's like not beneficial. I, at this point, I think like he's partly a distraction um, to like deeper things that are going on. So, but I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Did Get you, him out of here. Did you hear <laughs> that story about when he grabbed the uh, the lady by the pussy? I listened to that recording, man, and it was hilarious, man, to me because it is. To be honest with you, it was just typical man conversation. He was just, just talking like a man talks to another man. You know what I'm saying? They're probably having a couple drinks. And he was just telling a story about how he bought a, a chick an armoire and then grabbed her by the pussy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was kind of hilarious to me. I didn't understand the big deal. But with the Me Too movement, they tried to turn it into, oh, he's a sexual assaulter. Well... I mean, you can't grab nobody without their consent, no matter what they buy you. (laughs) (laughs) But the the woman didn't press no charges. She didn't even come out. There's a lot of things behind that. Most assaulters don't get uh, prosecuted or they don't get any punishment when women come forward, but they're still like, have to go through the trial and it's real hard for them. Especially when, like, you're getting intimidated by, like, the defendants and their lawyers and all that. So, like, sometimes women don't come forward, but that doesn't mean that they weren't victims. And that doesn't mean, like, nothing happened there. So, like, I don't know. I just... So how do you feel about the Me Too movement? I mean, I support it because it's... I know it's really hard to come forward with stuff like that. Um... It doesn't help that when someone does, a bunch of people attack that person, especially on the internet. Um, so, like, I think it's given people the courage 
to talk about what happened to them when before they didn't see examples of that and they didn't see people doing that so they felt less comfortable doing it so I mean I support it yeah man I, I support it also but then at the same time I've heard a couple of these Me Too's that were ridiculous like a lady came out on Jamie Foxx and said that he dick slapped her and she has nightmares of the dick slapping her in her sleep and she's traumatized. Now, that's, that sounds crazy, like, I mean, yeah. like you having nightmares of a dick slapping you, like, that's kind of hard to believe, man. But some of these stories kind of get as far-fetched. That, that was the craziest one that I've heard so far. But I don't believe she's having nightmares of a dick slapping her. But I've never been sexually assaulted. I've never been slapped with a dick. That shit's crazy. Like, women are... It, uh, it's, a, it's a trippy thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm not a woman, man, so... Men can be overly aggressive, and that's why, as a man, I've never been that aggressive, especially in, in situations where it's, like, sexual tension. Because I never wanted to be that guy that was like jumping to conclusions. One time, I was a, uh, I got naked, and, and you know, I, I asked this. She asked this girl invited me over after school. You know, I'm 16 years old, so I'm thinking like, oh, she invited me after school. It's going down, you know. So she takes me straight up. We go into her bedroom. You know, clicking in the living room or nothing. So I'm like, oh, it's going down. I asked her for a glass of water, you know, and when she went downstairs to get it, I stripped naked. When she came back into the room, man, she she started dying laughing at me and then kicked me out. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. And that was, <laughs> that was the first and the last time that I just assumed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, made, made an assumption, you Ooh, know. No. And, and I had to learn the hard way. Just don't yeah. assume that uh, these women want mm. you because... Of these different scenarios, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, bro. Just, you gotta get a yes. Yeah. Nothing else. No nothing. A yes. That's it. So how do you feel consent about this thing. new consent law where you have to ask for consent? Is that um, I mean, is that too far fetched? What? Because then, mean, like, uh, in the middle of foreplay, for for instance, you have to stop and say, "Hey, do you want this?" You know what I'm saying? Would that ruin the moment? Is that, you know? Yeah, but it's important to make sure both or all parties involved are, you know, consenting. Because consent can change. You can start having sex and then change your mind. And then now you don't consent and you want to stop. And then that's something, you can still assault that person even though you were already engaged in something. So, like, I, I feel like it's important to, like, protect people. But at the same time, it's just like up to the parties involved. Like they they know their partner's like signals of consent, it, mm -hmm. for lack of better terms, or or words or whatever. Like they just it's in it's up to the agreement that you have with who you're having sex with, basically. So I feel like that. so no means no. Yeah, you know exactly. Some some dudes don't uh you know understand that. So, 2020, you said you didn't have a candidate? Uh, Not at all? I mean, I think the least bad one is, is Bernie. But, I mean, I don't really 
support anyone that, like that. So like, right now, none of these politicians. Elizabeth Warren is the leading Democratic candidate. I mean, she's cool. Right after <laughs> her is Joe Biden, and then Bernie's number three. So the chances are we're probably going to have another woman running against Trump right now. That's cool. I'd rather have her than Trump. The first sure. woman president, you think she can pull it off? Yeah, why, why wouldn't she? I don't know. It's Trump's a clown. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I at least need someone in there that knows something about politics mm -hmm. in the White House. All right, man, 2020, man. We got to get out here and vote, man. Yeah, for those small... Those small not, uh, I don't really care about you voting for the president, but as far as the bills... Local initiatives. And the propositions... We have to pay attention to these propositions Check your because a proposition is a proposal to spend your tax dollars. That's what a prop is. So you want your dollars or you want to complain about your dollars being spent somewhere and participate and, and inform yourself on these propositions. Yes, so sir. one more time, shout out your single and uh, let people know where they can find your music. Freakiest Flexor just dropped on all platforms. My name is Psycho Sloth. Uh, my handles are at Psycho Sloth underscore on Instagram and Twitter. You can find my music everywhere. Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Tidal, Apple, anywhere you could find music. Check me out, y'all. Alright, man. You heard the man, Psycho Sloth. Look for him on IG, man. Check out that, uh, hey. that single, man. We're going we're gonna to have to revisit this, man. We're going to have to do it again. Yes, sir. I'm definitely going to have to get you in this booth, man, recording something. Let's do it. <laughs> send you a beat pack because we got okay. plenty of uh, okay. in-house producers. So this That's is good. Politic in the Podcast, man. Here at Rigamore Studios, downtown San Bernardino. Tap in. Let's Politic.